Welcome to Daily Audio Bible Chronological. Today is the third day of March. I'm Jill, and it's so good to be here with you as we turn the page in the story of our own lives, and we've turned the page in the Chronological Bible as we read it through every day, just a little bit, until we get through the Bible in chronological order in its entirety in a year. I am so grateful and very thankful, extremely excited that you are here engaged in the Word of God on this journey, making the rhythm of the Bible a part of your everyday life. And if you are just getting started and that was not your goal, there was another goal that got you here. Welcome. We're so glad that you are here no matter what your goal is. But what I hope and what I pray as you are here is that you allow the scriptures to change you from the inside out. We continue the reading today in the book of Numbers, chapters 18, 19, and 20. And just a couple days left in the New International Version. Numbers chapter 18. The Lord said to Aaron, You, your sons, and your family are to bear the responsibility for offenses connected with the sanctuary, and you and your sons alone are to bear the responsibility for offenses connected with the priesthood. Bring your fellow Levites from your ancestral tribe to join you and assist you when you and your sons minister before the tent of the covenant law. They are to be responsible to you and are to perform all the duties of the tent, but they must not go near the furnishings of the sanctuary or the altar, otherwise both they and you will die. They are to join you and be responsible for the care of the tent of meeting, all the work at the tent, and no one else may come near where you are. You are to be responsible for the care of the sanctuary and the altar, so that my wrath will not fall on the Israelites again. I myself have selected your fellow Levites from among the Israelites as a gift to you, dedicated to the Lord to do the work at the tent of meeting, but only you and your sons may serve as priests in connection with everything at the altar and inside the curtain. I am giving you the service of the priesthood as a gift. Anyone else who comes near the sanctuary is to be put to death. Then the Lord said to Aaron, I myself have put you in charge of the offerings presented to me. All the holy offerings the Israelites give me, I give to you and your sons as your portion, your perpetual share. You are to have the part of the most holy offerings that is kept from the fire. From all the gifts they bring me as most holy offerings, whether grain or sin or guilt offerings, that part belongs to you and your sons. Eat it as something most holy. Every male shall eat it. You must regard it as holy. This also is yours. Whatever is set aside from the gifts of all the wave offerings of the Israelites... I give this to you and your sons and daughters as your perpetual share. Everyone in your household who is ceremonially clean may eat it. 
I give you all the finest olive oil and all the finest new wine and grain they give the Lord as the first fruits of their harvest. All the land's first fruits that they bring to the Lord will be yours. Everyone in your household who is ceremonially clean may eat it. Everything in Israel that is devoted to the Lord is yours. The first offspring of every womb, both human and animal, that is offered to the Lord is yours. But you must redeem every firstborn son and every firstborn male of unclean animals. When they are a month old, you must redeem them at the redemption price set at five shekels of silver, according to the sanctuary shekel, which weighs 20 giras. But you must not redeem the firstborn of a cow, a sheep, or a goat. They are holy. Splash their blood against the altar and burn their fat as a food offering, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. Their meat is to be yours, just as the breast of the wave offering and the right thigh are yours. Whatever is set aside from the holy offerings the Israelites present to the Lord, I give to you and your sons and daughters as your perpetual share. It is an everlasting covenant of salt before the Lord for both you and your offspring. The Lord said to Aaron, You will have no inheritance in their land, nor will you have any share among them. I am your share and your inheritance among the Israelites. I give to the Levites all the tithes in Israel as their inheritance in return for the work they do while serving at the tent of meeting. From now on, the Israelites must not go near the tent of meeting, or they will bear the consequences of their sin and will die. It is the Levites who are to do the work of the tent of meeting and bear the responsibility for any offenses they commit against it. This is a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. They will receive no inheritance among the Israelites. Instead, I give to the Levites as their inheritance the tithes that the Israelites present as an offering to the Lord. That is why I said concerning them, they will have no inheritance among the Israelites. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Levites and say to them, When you receive from the Israelites the tithe I give you as your inheritance, you must present a tenth of that tithe as the Lord's offering. Your offering will be reckoned to you as grain from the threshing floor or juice from the wine press. In this way, you will also present an offering to the Lord from all the tithes you receive from the Israelites. From these tithes, you must give the Lord's portion to Aaron, the priest. You must present as the Lord's portion the best and holiest part of everything given to you. Say to the Levites, when you present the best part, it will be reckoned to you as the product of the threshing floor or the wine press. You and your households may eat the rest of it anywhere, for it is your wages for your work at the tent of meeting. By presenting the best part of it, you will not be guilty in this matter. Then you will not defile the holy offerings of the Israelites, and you will not die. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, This is a requirement of the law that the Lord has commanded. Tell the Israelites to bring you a red heifer without defect or blemish and that has never been under a yoke. Give it to Eleazar the priest. It is to be taken outside the camp and slaughtered in his presence. Then Eleazar the priest is to take some of its blood on his finger and sprinkle it seven times toward the front of the tent of meeting. While he watches, the heifer is to be burned, its hide, flesh, blood, and intestines. 
the priest is to take some cedar wood, hyssop, and scarlet wool and throw them onto the burning heifer. After that, the priest must wash his clothes and bathe himself with water. He may then come into the camp, but he will be ceremonially unclean till evening. The man who burns it must also wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he too will be unclean till evening. A man who is clean shall gather up the ashes of the heifer and put them in a ceremonially clean place outside the camp. They are to be kept by the Israelite community for use in the water of cleansing. It is for purification from sin. The man who gathers up the ashes of the heifer must also wash his clothes, and he too will be unclean till evening. This will be a lasting ordinance both for the Israelites and for the foreigners residing among them. Whoever touches a human corpse will be unclean for seven days. They must purify themselves with the water on the third day, and on the seventh day, then they will be clean. But if they do not purify themselves on the third and seventh days, they will not be clean. If they fail to purify themselves after touching a human corpse, they defile the Lord's tabernacle. They must be cut off from Israel. Because the water of cleansing has not been sprinkled on them, they are unclean. Their uncleanness remains on them. This is the law that applies when a person dies in a tent. Anyone who enters the tent and anyone who is in it will be unclean for seven days, and every open container without a lid fastened on it will be unclean. Anyone out in the open who touches someone who has been killed with a sword or someone who has died a natural death or anyone who touches a human bone or a grave will be unclean for seven days. For the unclean person put some ashes from the burned purification offering into a jar and pour fresh water over them. Then a man who is ceremonially clean is to take some hyssop, dip it in the water and sprinkle the tent and all the furnishings and the people who were there. He must also sprinkle anyone who has touched a human bone or a grave or anyone who has been killed or anyone who has died a natural death. The man who is clean is to sprinkle those who are unclean on the third and seventh days and on the seventh day he is to purify them. Those who are being cleansed must wash their clothes and bathe with water, and that evening they will be clean. But if those who are unclean do not purify themselves, they must be cut off from the community because they have defiled the sanctuary of the Lord. The water of cleansing has not been sprinkled on them, and they are unclean. This is a lasting ordinance for them. The man who sprinkles the water of cleansing must also wash his clothes, and anyone who touches the water of cleansing will be unclean till evening. Anything that an unclean person touches becomes unclean, and anyone who touches it becomes unclean till evening. In the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zin, and they stayed at Kadesh. There Miriam died and was buried. Now there was no water for the community, and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron, they quarreled with Moses and said, If only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord, why did you bring the Lord's community into this wilderness that we and our livestock should die here? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grain or figs, grapevines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. 
Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, Take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so that they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. These were the waters of Meribah, where the Israelites quarreled with the Lord and where he was proved holy among them. Moses sent messengers from Kadesh to the king of Edom, saying, This is what your brother Israel says. You know about all the hardships that have come on us. Our ancestors went down into Egypt, and we lived there many years. The Egyptians mistreated us and our ancestors. But when we cried out to the Lord, he heard our cry and sent an angel and brought us out of Egypt. Now we are here at Kadesh, a town on the edge of your territory. Please let us pass through your country. We will not go through any field or vineyard or drink water from any well. We will travel along the king's highway and not turn to the right or to the left until we have passed through your territory. But Edom answered, You may not pass through here. If you try, we will march out and attack you with the sword. The Israelites replied, We will go along the main road, and if we or our livestock drink any of your water, we will pay for it. We only want to pass through on foot, nothing else. Again they answered, You may not pass through. Then Edom came out against them with a large and powerful army. Since Edom refused to let them go through their territory, Israel turned away from them. The whole Israelite community set out from Kadesh and came to Mount Hor. At Mount Hor, near the border of Edom, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Aaron will be gathered to his people. He will not enter the land I give the Israelites because both of you rebelled against my command at the waters of Meribah. Get Aaron and his son Eleazar and take them up to Mount Hor. Remove Aaron's garments and put them on his son Eleazar, for Aaron will be gathered to his people. He will die there. Moses did as the Lord commanded. They went up Mount Hor in the sight of the whole community. Moses removed Aaron's garments and put them on his son Eleazar. And Aaron died there on top of the mountain. Then Moses and Eleazar came down from the mountain. And when the whole community learned that Aaron had died, all the Israelites mourned for him thirty days. Really important things that took place today in our reading and pulling from the God of your story, I was going to say our story, your story to orient us. In Numbers, God told Moses, because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I am giving them. 
the people had begun to complain again about their lack of water, and God instructed Moses to lead them to a rock and speak forth water. Instead, Moses had the people gather, and he shouted at them in anger, Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water from this rock? He then struck the rock twice with his staff. God provided water for the people, but Moses was excluded from the promised land because of his disobedience. This may seem severe, mm -hmm, and it was, but the implications were even worse. All the complaining to Moses constantly put him in the position of being an advocate to God for the people and vice versa. At the waters of Meribah, Moses didn't speak to the rock as instructed so that once again, God could display his power to care for his people. Instead, Moses spoke to the people in anger, insinuating that he and Aaron would bring water to this ungrateful horde. What could have been another example of God's provision became a public mess. God did provide the much-needed water, but because of Moses' actions, God's care for his people was not acknowledged in a critical time as the people settled into the idea that only their children would be crossing the Jordan River. Additionally, we say goodbye to Aaron today. Moses, Aaron, and his son Eleazar climbed Mount Hor as instructed by God. Aaron's priestly vestments were transferred to Eleazar, and Moses and Eleazar returned to the people. Aaron died on the mountain. Father, how we thank you for your word today. And I thank you for the reminder that what you have called us to, we go unwavering, undistracted with our eyes fiercely focused on you. Nothing more than what you say, nothing less than what you say. It's also a reminder that we love the accolades and the positioning and the attention of the title of leader and leadership and doing things and managing people. But what we lack is sometimes the weight of the responsibility of that task that you've called us to. And what we see is that along with the mantle of the title comes a large weight of responsibility, hard work, perseverance, determination, obedience, and usually qualifications are not essential, but trust, obedience, and surrender are. So we thank you for these words as a mirror to look into our own reflection and see where we could do some things better. We thank you and welcome the conviction to change. And we thank you and we welcome the power to do so. We pray this now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This week is coming to a quick close. I'll turn the page with you tomorrow and we'll finish this week out together. And I hope that you individually and us together collectively can finish this week strong. I'm Jill. 
We'll turn the page together tomorrow. Until then, love one another. Hi all, it's Heather in Nashville. Happy day to you. I'd like to pray for Carrie, Jesus girl, and her daughter, Ariel. Uh, Lord, I just lift Ariel up to you. I uh, pray for her willingness to remove her codependency uh, energy from this man just immediately in Jesus' name. Uh, and that she would become so strong just overnight supernaturally that she would know her identity, that this is not right, and that she is to protect this baby from this dangerous man and her daughter. And her job is to hightail it back to safety. And I just pray even now that... uh, February 25th, that she would know that she needs to get in her vehicle and get out of there. So I just lift her up. We've all been, maybe not all, but uh, I know a lot of us can relate to an aerial uh, where we've just been paralyzed by shame of what happened and what that person uh, in regards to her dignity took from her. And that is not accurate uh it is what happened but it does not her identity so uh, i just lift her up in the most supernatural way and i just uh thank you for her perseverance that the baby is still alive that her daughter is still safe and uh we just um sorry this happened and uh we're just uh grieved and uh trusting god jesus name amen Hello, DABC family. This is Diana from Florida, and I want to pray for Tanya's daughter, Kiana, from Suffolk, whom recently has been delivered from interspirituality, tarot cards, crystals, this sort of thing, and has now received Jesus as her Lord and Savior. But in the midst of this, the enemy wants to attack her to try to take her back. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you, Lord, and I lift up Kiana into your hands. Lord Jesus, listen to the outcry of Kiana's mother, whom is seeking for her to be delivered and set free from all of the bondages that she has exposed herself to as a result of reading tarot cards and crystals and getting involved in this type of spirituality. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would hear that outcry, that you would break the bondages and strongholds that are holding Kiana captive. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that you, O Lord God, would rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus and cast him away from her life, O Lord God, that she would be able to repent fully and wholeheartedly from her involvement in this type of worship and that in the name of Jesus that repentance true and true would be the beginning of her liberation dear Jesus I pray that the truth oh Lord God the truth would set her free and you oh Lord God and your word 
are the truth. And I pray that as she's seeking you more, as she's praying more, as she's reading the Bible more, that you would begin to break the bondages that have so easily ensnared her. And that in the name of Jesus, oh Lord God, she would be completely freed and the devil would have no stronghold over her. In Jesus' name we pray. Good morning, Deb. This is Tanya Collar from Suffolk. I want to pray for a Pam from Utah, her son named Scott. Um, it references aneurysm. Heavenly Father, I come to you, Father, as humble as I know how. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord God. We thank you for being the almighty God that you are, Heavenly Father. I lift up Scott to you, Father, right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, you know what Scott's standing in need of, Father. I'm just trusting and believing in you right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, that under the sound of my voice, Father, that you just have your hands upon him, Heavenly Father. Touch his heart physically, Lord God. You know, Lord God, what he needs, Lord God. We just trust and believe in right now in the mighty name of Jesus that the aneurysm continued to shrink, Father. And while he's postponed to determine whether he has morphine syndrome or not, Father, we just speak divine healing in the mighty name of Jesus, Father. We aren't going to claim that either. We're just going to claim divine, complete healing over his body, Lord God, over his heart, Lord God. Allow, Lord God, the heart to pump properly, Lord God. And as I say, bring it back to its normal size as it should be, Lord God. We're just trusting and believing in you right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God, that all things, Lord God, come together, Lord God, according to your purpose, Lord God. We're just trusting and believing in you for that right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Dapsy family, I love you guys. Um, enjoy this marvelous Sunday. Have a great day. Hi, Dabsy fam. This is Hopeful in Wyoming. I'm given a call in because I was hoping um, to get some prayers for a vacation slash work trip that I'm taking. Um, I'm actually leaving March 1st, so by the time this plays, I will probably already be there. But for the first half of my trip, for about two weeks, I'm going to be um, working with my school group through my master's degree, and we're going to be collecting data out in South Africa. And then for the second half of my trip, I'm flying up to Tanzania, and my mom is flying out to meet me there. And we're going to be volunteering at an orphanage there in Tanzania. Um, so just... Pray that the trip goes well. Pray that everything goes smoothly for my mom and I, as well as the group I'm going with um, for the first half. And then that we can make a positive difference in the lives of some of the babies there in Tanzania. Um, we would really appreciate your prayers. Thank you, everyone.